Today, we celebrate the Father's amen to the Son's It Is Finished, the resurrection of Christ, and why it changes everything. Next. He has risen. He has risen indeed. Greetings and welcome to Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard from Valley Bible Church here in Hercules. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 is where we find ourselves today in a message simply entitled, The Resurrection of Christ Changes Everything. So what exactly is everything and how changed is it? Well, these are questions we'll answer today as we celebrate the resurrection of Jesus Christ on this Easter Sunday. Won't you join us? Once again, from Valley Bible Church in Hercules with today's broadcast, here's Pastor Phil Howard. The resurrection of Christ changes everything for the believer. Another way you could say it is the gospel of Jesus Christ changes everything. Gospel means the good news. And the good news for us is verse 14 of this passage. Since we believe that Jesus died, and he died for our sins, and that he rose again, we've been sent into the world with good news. Now, what Paul's going to do is unpackage what the good news, how it affects you. In two great ways, he says, it's going to affect you when it's your turn to grieve, when it's your turn to bury loved ones, and when it's your turn to die that it has practical now application. The next funeral you do, if you believe in a resurrected Christ, it will change your outlook and perspective on it. Without Christ, all funerals are hopeless. All funerals are right for grief. All funerals remind you you're but a vapor and there's nothing beyond the grave you will be done away with forever. But since our gospel is true, it says you're not done with once we bury you. There's a future. There's a future for the believer in Christ that is glorious. Two things we will see. We want to first look at the gospel and why it's so important that Christ must die and rise again. But two, we want to look at what that says about the future of every man woman, boy, and girl who's put their faith in Jesus Christ. And thirdly, I want you to see how a resurrected Christ will change your outlook the next time you go to a funeral, even if it's your own. Because we are living in the land of the dying, and we are going to the land of the living. Everybody here is terminally ill. Nobody here is going to escape death. Not even Batman. You are going to die. Are you ready for the appointment? Now, let us read the passage. Verse 13. But we do not want you to be uninformed or ignorant, brethren, about those who are asleep. Now, I always say this does not mean in the AM service. <clears throat> asleep here is a euphemism for Christian death. Christian dying is going to sleep. Now, let me qualify. Only the body goes to sleep. The soul does not go to sleep. 
The soul goes to be with God, goes to be with Christ. But the body, the body that we live in, it is considered to be put asleep. Early Christians named their burial grounds motels because they viewed it as an overnight's rest, anticipating the resurrection. Let's just check it into the motel. Now, some have been in the motel 2,000 years, but just an overnight rest till resurrection morning. But it goes on. I don't want you to be disturbed about people who have died in Christ so that you will not grieve as do the rest who have no hope. Now, now let me say this. In the ancient world, the world of the New Testament, 30 to 90 AD, the New Testament was written. Let me tell you what it would be like if you went to the pagan temple or went to the house of philosophy, the, uh, let's go to Mars Hill, and said, tell me what it's like when I'm planning my mother's funeral or my baby's funeral. Could you give me some insight on how to die and what's our view? Listen to what Lightfoot says. The despair of the Roman world is brought to us by the gloomy inscriptions on their monuments. The contrast of the monuments of the heathen above ground on the Appian Way in Rome with their dreary wail of despair to the exultant notes of hope in the ill-written, ill-spelled inscriptions of the catacombs where the believers buried theirs beneath the ground. One had despair, no future. Believers, those slaves, many of them, their common inscriptions were forever in Christ, asleep in Jesus. One of the most common inscriptions in the catacombs was the picture of a shepherd carrying a lamb. All these beautiful uh, symbols said, asleep in Jesus. Listen to what the philosophers would say. Aeschylus would say of a man once dead, there is no resurrection. Once you die, that's it. You're over. Theocritus said, hopes are among the living. The dead are without hope. Lucretus, no one awakes and arises who has once been overtaken by the chilling end of life. Calculus, another philosopher. Suns may set and rise again, but we, when once our brief light goes down, must sleep an endless night. The Greek view of death was, you just matter, you drop in a grave, there's no afterlife. They viewed the body as a prison to the soul. If you go east, Many Eastern religions, incarnation. If you go to China, worship ancestors. No necessarily promise that you in a body will abide with God forever. Just maybe at the most a floating, reincarnating spirit. And God forbid if you come back like some of your relatives. Uh, I mean, there's not much hope. There was one inscription on a tomb that went this way. Pause, my friend, as you walk by. As you are now, so once was I. As I am now, so you will be. 
Prepare my friend to follow me. A gentleman came and he observed that inscription and he became a bit troubled by it. And without permission, he wrote two more lines. And this is what he wrote. To follow you is not my intent until I know which way you went. <laughs> Don't just follow anybody in the graveyard. Where did they go? Where did they go? Well, uh, let us say something about the resurrection of Christ. He assumes everything he's going to tell them, that if this is true, since we believe Christ died and rose again, then we offer you all this hope. And so, uh, Jesus said he would rise again. Uh, I looked it up. I was going to track it down. And I found it in John 2, Matthew 20, 19, 8, 31, 9, 31, 10, 34, Luke 18, 33, 24, 7, Matthew 17, 9, Mark 9, 9, Matthew 26, 32. I said, oh, forget it. He said it. <laughs> I quit. I gave up. There's so many times I said, I will rise again. You will kill me. You will bury me. But in three days, I will rise again. He's either a lunatic, a liar, or Lord. And everything rests on whether the tomb is empty in three days. We can prove him to be a liar within three days. He said, you kill me, I rise in three days. Liar, 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 said the Sadducees who didn't believe in resurrection. Pharisees said he's a blasphemer, a phony, a false messiah. Liar, liar, lunatic. He's out of his mind. Three days later, he's been missing ever since. And for 40 days, for 40 days, he went around. He ate with his disciples. He let Thomas put his hand in his wounds. Uh, he walked with them. He walked with the men on the Emmaus Road. Uh, what's amazing in history, uh, the, the disciples who were all cowards, all died a martyr's death after his resurrection, all except John the Apostle. What changed them? A liar, a lunatic, or one who must be God and walked out of the tomb and left it empty. I will die for a living Christ. The signal fires of the upper room were not lit by a dead Christ, but by a living Christ. And an astounding thing in the historical record, God's boldness to stoop and use women. In the Jewish court, a woman's testimony was not permitted. You know what God did? He made all the first witnesses of the resurrection women. He went right, right, right against. That's what God did for you women. He said, the Redeemer will come from a woman. And matter of fact, he won't even need a man's help. Just God and a woman brought a Redeemer. That's a pretty high compliment. Sorry, man, you're out on that. You can't beat that. Try it. Go ahead. You chauvinist. You can't beat that. She's the one that got us in this mess. She told Adam to eat, but God said, I'm going to do something. I'm going to show grace. You're the one that introduced the fall to your husband, but I'm going to introduce the cure to you. One's coming called Messiah. That will pay the price for what you just did. What a compliment. 
And then when Christ is raised from the dead, Mary Magdalene will be there. Other women met there. They run back and tell the disciples. They say, oh, I don't believe it. I don't believe it. And then Peter and John get in a foot race, and they run there, and Peter runs in, and sure enough, the tomb is empty. And the linen cloth he was wrapped in was folded up neatly. And then some Jesus decided he'd fold it up, leave it for the guest. I don't need it. I don't need it. So you see, all over the New Testament, it says Christ died, he rose again. It's not good news if he stays in the tomb. And Paul goes on to tell us, if Christ did not die, we're still in our sins. If Christ did not die and rise again, we are liars and we are false teachers. We need to repent Quit preaching because you're a liar. You're still in your sins if Christ did not rise again. But he did rise again, and why? Romans 1, 4 says that God might show him to be the Son of God. He rose again because Romans 4, 25 says he was delivered up on account of our trespasses, but he was raised again on account of our justification. My justification is sealed at his tomb. I'm right with God based upon an empty tomb. Tomb. This is Christianity. This is gospel. You have no gospel without a living Christ. You just got a dead lifeguard that can't save anybody. You put all the images you want of the world's greatest lifeguard. I don't care who he used to work the pool. Who's alive now? Yeah, our greatest lifeguard died in 2011. We've never replaced him. So good luck. I get no comfort in a dead lifeguard. When I'm drowning, I want someone alive. And Christ is alive. Now, what are the implications of this? The implications, he just starts developing. He unpackages. So then, let me tell you what your future as a believer in Christ looks like. You want to know what it's going to look like? Please say, just go ahead, just kind of. I pay some people to just nod their head. No, come on. Now watch. This is your future. If you believe Jesus Christ died for your sins, rose again, and you believe it. He said, we believe this. This is our future. I don't want to tell you what your future is without Christ. It's bleak. It's long. It's black. But here it is. If you believe in Christ, watch now. Follow me in your Bible. Verse 15. You got a Bible? You follow me? Okay, watch this. For this we say to you by the word of the Lord. God told me to say this. That we who are alive and remain until the coming of the Lord. What do you mean the coming of the Lord? Christ kept telling his followers, if I go away, I will come again for you. And I'll welcome you to myself, and I'll take you this time to be with me forever in a place I'm preparing for you. So I will come back. I will. When? I'm not going to tell you. Why? None of your business. Acts 1. It's not for you to know. The times are the seasons. The Father has put in the Son's heart to come back. Just know I'm coming back. You know, Douglas MacArthur told the Philippines, I'll come back. He just didn't know when. Well, Jesus knows when. He just hadn't told us. So he's coming again. Uh, it's out there. Now watch. And when he comes, the dead, we who are alive, when he comes back, 
We may be a generation that's alive when he, but if that's true, we will not proceed or go ahead of those who have fallen asleep. Okay, here are the folks that have died in Christ. Christ comes, I'm alive right now. So you would think I'd get a head start. Come on, I'm alive. Hey, some of them have been dead 2,000 years. I don't want to be next to a corpse. He said, no, 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 no. He said, you, the living, when I come, will not go ahead of those who've already died. Well, what are you going to do? Watch what he says. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a whisper. Do you think the Lord could shout? He simply say to Lazarus, come forth, and he comes out of the grave. When the creator shouts, every mountain can be moved in the earth. I don't know how loud it's going to be. It's going to be loud enough that every dead person in Jesus is going to hear it. That's pretty loud. With the voice of the archangel and with the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. Oh, they will rise first. What do you mean? Well, we buried them at sea. Uh, we, I mean, 2,000-year-old corpses, skin worms have eaten them. They've turned to dust. Where the body, there can't be a future for the body unless you control all the atoms of the universe. And God will command every atom to come together that makes up a body and glorify it and he will come and he will shout. And the dead in Christ will rise first. Over 2,000 years of people have died in Christ. I think Abraham gets resurrected later, but I don't want to go there now. Then we who are alive and remain will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so we shall always be with the Lord. And the word caught up here, when, when the uh, Latin Vulgate was translated, they just took this Greek word and translated rapture, to be caught up, to be caught away. The Greek word was harpazo. The Latin went to rapture. So we believe people will be raptured. Now, you may not agree with when we think it happens, but if you want the right view, see me. But they are going to be raptured. They are going to be caught up. And, and just think, this is going to be something. If all of a sudden I was caught up, I can't imagine if my grandmothers, my parents, my two brothers, and my sister, we all rode up together. But just can you imagine you going up through the air, and if God would allow you to see everybody being raptured at one time? All around. Over 2,000 years of saints. Wow. And none of them look old. Going to have a glorified body. No pills. No canes. Well, I saw Bob today. No wheelchair. Spencer fighting terrible back. All of his adult life. All that will be discarded. And in a moment out of pain, in a moment 
no more death, no more blood in your body. The spirit will take over the blood and become the animating principle. Worms no longer in the body. Bacteria no longer in the body. In one moment, instantaneous moment, both the dead in Christ whose bodies sleep shall be awakened. They'll be raised up on an elevator, as it were. Get me up on the same level of the living. All right, together you guys are going up. All because God said, if I could raise a dead man one time, I can raise millions of dead men in the future. And that's what he's going to do. This is glorious. This will make you happy. If you think about it. Uh, I have friends dying. See, this doesn't immune us from funerals. This doesn't immune us from sorrows. It's just it's hard for Christians on the human emotion side to bury a wife, a child, a mother, a father. On the emotional side, maybe as those that don't know Christ, except, here's the thing. He says, I want you to stop grieving like the, the pagans around you. Uh, they have a hopeless sorrow. They, they, uh, they're wailing. They're going on. Uh, in America, you, you have a wake. Or you say, there's got to be plenty of booze. I can't get through it. You think Jack Daniels can get you over burying your wife? Is that the best America's got? There's no harder assignment in life than to bury people that you love. And if you haven't, you haven't lived long enough, you will. You will. I never thought I could bury my dad. But I did. Far too soon. Far too soon. But I had hope when we put him in the ground. I've got hope today. I'll see him again. We had Barney Iot with us, a missionary to New Guinea. Outstanding missionary, worked with New Tribes uh, Ministry. And is moving as he described what uh, burial rites uh, and how to deal with the dead happened in New Guinea, where the tribe he worked with, they were close to the equator. And Barney described the story that when a man uh, died uh, in New Guinea, what they would do, they would put him in the middle of a field. They would put him up on poles, build something to hold his body there. And for a week, uh, they would have warriors on both sides of the corpse that would be in the middle of a field. And for a week, they would shoot arrows over it, shoot arrows to keep demonic spirits away from the corpse. And they would do that. I don't know if they did it at, at night, for they were very terrified of night and demonic spirits. And so they would do this every day for a week and wail. On the final day in the equatorial sun, the corpse was ripe, no embalming fluid. The skin worms and the maggots were throughout. And a warrior would go and plunge his hand into the corpse and take a piece of the heart and eat it to keep the demonic spirits away 
from their loved one for eternity. But what did he say? He commanded us in verse 18. Therefore, comfort one another with these words. Stop being ignorant. Stop grieving like those who have a hopeless grief. You've been listening to Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard. Thank you for joining us. As we conclude our time together, we are mindful of the fact that today's broadcast may have brought about a few questions. Well, there are a couple of ways of addressing those questions. You can get a hold of us, and we'll do our best to answer them. Or, if you wish, order the entire five-CD set, which you can get for $15 or more. For a gift of $15 or more this month, we'll send you the five-CD set called The Passion Collection. For a copy of today's program, just simply ask for it when you get a hold of us. There are a couple of ways you can contact us. The phone number, 855-833-9864. That's 855-833-9864. Or you can write to us, 1511 M. Sycamore Avenue, Suite 278. That's here in Hercules. The zip code is 94547. Or simply stop by our website, valleybible.org. That's valleybible.org. If you would like to join us for worship, we'd love to have you. Service times here at Valley Bible Church in Hercules are at 9 and 11. And you can find out further information as well as get directions at our website, valleybible.org. Or simply call us, 855-833-9864. That's 855-833-9864. And then come back and join us next week at this same time as we continue our studies through God's Word. The Passion Series continues next week here on Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard. Mm -hmm.